0: Hi, I'm Brent Morrison from Lush Cannabis Company, and you're listening to the SME Stories Podcast.
1: You are now listening to the next great small business podcast. Welcome to the SME Stories Podcast, where it is all about small businesses in Canada. And here's your host, Ken Alfred. Hey, everybody. Thanks to on the show. We got a great episode today with Brent Morrison. Now, Brent Morrison is the owner and founder of Lush Cannabis Co. Lush Cannabis Co. is a biologically minded Canadian organic cannabis company. Now, a little bit about Brent. Originally from Comberg, Ontario, he currently lives in Peterborough. He graduated from Western University with a BA in History and Philosophy and a Bachelor of Education. He later graduated from Trent University with Honours in Bachelor of Science, specifically talking about cognitive psychology. In between those degrees, he decided to also spend time teaching in South Korea and then return to write course books for Oxford seminars before he decided to go back to school. Now, the goal was to actually pursue a PhD at uh, U- UBC and graduate from Trent, but he decided to change his mind and decide to go to physiotherapy. Now, he didn't get in on his first application, so he decided to take a year off to travel throughout Southeast Asia to the Middle East and Europe before returning home and reapplying. Then while on the waiting list for Queen's University, he was offered an opportunity to help open a Medicine Wheel Natural Healing, the second Indigenous cannabis dispensary in Canada, a year before cannabis was legalized. This was his, the beginning for his journey in the cannabis field, and later turned an ex- he turned down his acceptance to Queen's University to pursue work in the cannabis industry. Now, he left the medicinal wheel back in 2020 and began working on opening up his own shop, which we did back in 2022, and a second store opening up in February 2023. So well, this is going to be a very interesting show today, guys. We're going to be going into the cannabis space, which I don't think any of we've done before. And I'm looking forward to hearing some of the stories that Brent has. So sit back and absorb. All right, here we go. Nice. All right, guys, we have Brent Morrison from Lush Cannabis Co. Hello. Brent, how you doing? Hello there. Doing How's All it going? right good man i'm doing good it's actually the weather is still cold but the snow is slowly melting here in ontario but it it gives gives us us hope hope. yes i mean i'm good with the snowblower being done for the season i'm okay waiting till december to use it but uh (laughs)
0: <laughs> i i'd be happy with uh a, a snowfall re- span from like a week before christmas to a week after new Year's. that's what i keep
1: saying in my podcast i bet some one of my listeners is going to call it out because i mentioned that <laughs> several that over several episodes before i said that's kind of like where i want it although i don't know about a week i might say december the 23rd and then melt everything by boxing <laughs> day and then you get the white crisp I'm and then you, you get to use your snowblower at least once or twice and then you're then you're good to go but uh no that, that's yeah. great so all right, so Lush Cannabis Co., what's your story?
0: Yes, sir. Oh boy. All right. Um. So yeah, Lush Cannabis. Uh, we we now have two stores. Um. We opened our first store in February of 2022 in Cavan, Ontario, which is uh just outside of Peterborough. Uh, it's just off Highway 115, about 15 minutes from uh, from downtown Peterborough. Um. And then yeah, we opened our second location. Almost exactly a year later, it was on February 24th of, of 2023, uh, and that one is is in the the downtown area, of Peterborough. Um, yeah, the the business. Um, I don't know how much do you want. Do you want me, how much do you want? How much is you're comfortable um,
1: talking about, Brent?
0: <laughs> sure. I guess I can just take you on on the journey of how we got where we are. Um, so the, the business came up, um, there's a, a few partners involved in it, and all of us have some experience working in the cannabis industry in, in various uh, capacities, um, and just had a, a mutual interest in, in doing something together to work on this. Um, so started scouting locations back late 2021, or actually, probably mid 2021 started scouting different locations, I had found something in the town of Millbrook, which is near Cavan, just outside of Peterborough, uh, it's a small corner store location kind of thing and it was like oh that could work you know I could just work there on my own kind of thing like a small small shop um and I called the realtor um and he expressed to me that like well he wanted to know what what we were going to do I said cannabis he's like no no hold on let me call you back (laughs) I was like, all right so he did and he's like yeah you don't want to be in the downtown he's like just drive up county road 10 and I get there and there's this massive like art gallery I was like oh yeah no we can't be with another business it has to be separate Uh, he's like no the gallery is moving out you can take the whole building and it's like 2600 square feet uh (laughs) it's massive um so i was like well yeah it's 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 we really want to connect like you know, cannabis is a plant, and I'm, I'm very much a, a nature enthusiast. Uh, so we wanted a really, like, organic, natural vibe to the store. This place already had, like, uh, a lot of cut beams and things like that. It was really well done as an art gallery, so it just fit perfectly style-wise. Um, and uh, being, like, in a standalone building, we have space. We've run, like, different events outside. We've had live music. Uh, just being able to have the room to do that really allowed us to, to do a lot of cool things that a lot of other cannabis stores are unable to do. Um, so with that and its location on a pretty major cottage route, super busy intersection, a gas station and LCBO across the road. So like one stop shop, <laughs> if you're on your way to the cottage, get gas, get booze, get weed and away you go. Um, yeah. And it's just kind of it's, it's worked so out explain,
1: great. backtrack for a second? You said you didn't want to share the building. Yeah. Was there any particular reason why or was it just you wanted to really own your fully owned space with all that stuff?
0: I I just misunderstood him. I thought the art gallery was staying and that we would have like space oh, in the gallery okay. to sell it and I was like well the yeah the 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 AGCO wouldn't allow that. Um but yeah, we could have had and I've, I've still thought like there is an upstairs to the building right now is just an office and sort of a workspace. Um, eventually, my plan would is to open a, a mushroom themed cafe, mm-hmm. not necessarily psilocybin mushrooms. They're not they're not legalized yet, but there's like lion's mane and turkey tail and reishi and, and all these great medicinal mushrooms. Um, and there's a growing interest in mushrooms as, as a whole field. Uh, so I would like to one day open a, a cafe with that, with the idea of, you know, if psilocybin ever becomes legalized, then we can maybe incorporate that. So you've got your cannabis. To
1: expl- ex- um, to explain but- to the listeners as well. So you said you want to start a thing with mushrooms, especially. Do we know how far away we are to get it legalized? Like, Because I know it took a while to get cannabis legalized, here, at least here in Canada and Ontario, which is where we're from right now.
0: Mm, It did take some time. And a lot of that is, you know, the the regulatory apparatus moves slowly. Um, And they're also very cautious, you know, the with cannabis, uh, you know, there's a lot of concerns whether whether founded or not. I mean, we've we've all endured like 100 years of propaganda about how the devil's lettuce will ruin your life. Um, But, uh, you know, that's that's not necessarily true. But when they legalize cannabis, they want to be very careful with access, uh, kids getting access to it, uh, the safety, how potent will it be and all that sort of thing. Those concerns are like an order of magnitude higher when it comes to things like uh-huh. mushrooms. Um, you know, the 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 idea like a kid might get into some edibles and they might eat you know ten or a couple hundred milligrams of, of THC. Okay, well they're they're gonna get sleepy and not maybe not feel quite right for a little while, but they'll be fine. Um, I don't have any kids, but I don't think I would feel very comfortable if my kid got into like a couple grams of mushrooms, you know, that's, that's a whole different life-changing experience. I don't think it should be illegal for adults to partake in that, but setting the industry up in a way that, that allows adults to, to freely partake in something like psilocybin mushrooms or other, um, psychedelic mushrooms, um, is it's important to have those safeguards in place. And I think that's what will, will take a lot of time right now they've legalized it, um, some therapeutic uses are starting to see um, some opportunity. They've legalized it for uh, like end of life scenarios, um, which to me that's silly. Like if if you're on your deathbed, you should be able to do whatever you want. <laughs> um, uh, I don't think there should be anybody telling you like, no, it's too dangerous for you to have. Could it this get drug. any worse? Right, federal. <laughs> <Right there laughs> yeah. <your> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so my my guess is over the next five years we'll see some significant moves in that direction how it all looks how it shakes out uh i don't know uh, but you're already seeing like you know stores kind of like they did with cannabis just taking that stand you know downtown toronto has a couple like stores that sell mushrooms openly um and just like the old cannabis shops they'll be shut down they'll reopen they'll be shut down they'll reopen and and that's kind of it's those people that took that legal stand and, and put themselves and their livelihoods at risk that drove things forward Um, so, yeah. Like, how expensive
1: is it to actually like to continuously close down and open up for those who are doing that? Like, isn't that like a, uh, you know, I think to the average person who's maybe wanting to think about starting their own business, whether it's in cannabis, mushrooms, or even anything, right? The idea of starting Mm -hmm. up, they're like, they're going to have to probably shell out a lot of money just to get something, whether it's, you know, finding a brick and mortar location or starting something. So, isn't that expensive for these Mm -hmm. guys to start and stop?
0: Very much so. Like, when I think of, you know, all the, um, the raids and stuff that have happened in Hamilton and Toronto and that uh, pre-legalization and post-legalization where they'll come, there might not end up being any charges, but they'll like confiscate all the stock and cash on hand. Um, And then, or there might be charges pending and the people just go ahead and reopen. And I think to myself, like we're legal, so that's not a risk, but if somebody came and took, everything from the store. I don't know if I can reopen anytime soon. Like it's, that's a major hit. Um, so I, I don't know how they do it. I do suspect the ones that are operating outside of the the regulatory sphere, their profit margins are obviously considerably higher. That so they, they probably have some cash yeah. banked. Yeah, they, they, they have the capital behind them to do that. Uh, but I can't imagine if, you, if that happens a couple of times in a row, it's gotta yeah, be exactly so
1: anyways, back back to you back to lush cannabis so so what got you into the whole cannabis space altogether because i think i remember in the intro you sent me here you started off this wasn't the original plan explain to the listeners what the original plan was
0: <laughs> my my original plan has, has has shifted many times um so i originally am uh, from coburg ontario um and i graduated high school uh, i went uh my guidance counselors i was actually looking into maybe being an electrician and my guidance counselor's like no no you should be a teacher there's lots of jobs coming for teachers i was like all right i like that um so i went to western i got uh, studied history and philosophy and then applied to teachers college um and then uh yeah i graduated from there and then i decided to take some time and go teach abroad so i went to south korea taught english for uh, what was going to be a six-month plan turned out to be two and a half years over three years because I just had a great time. Um, And then I came back and all those teaching jobs that uh, my guidance (laughs) counselors in high school said they were going to be everywhere, there were none. (laughs) uh, None. So uh, I got a job working in Kingston, Ontario for a company called Oxford Seminars. We do um, test preparation. So we train teachers to teach English abroad as well as uh, test prep for things like the LSAT, the MCAT, the GRE, some of the graduate school programs that you have to write an entrance exam um so just writing course books and things like that so i was doing that um and through my research for a, a book on teaching english to children i delved into some of the neuropsychology of, of how language is learned and processed and that re-sparked my interest in psychology so i i applied to trent university um uh, to go back to study psych with the intention of uh, perhaps pursuing like uh, research or something like that in that um and then as life goes, that that idea sort of changed. I talked to some professors about their their job. I, I find the field fascinating, uh, but a lot of profs commented to me that that's a job that you go where the work is. You don't necessarily have a say in where you're going to live or how it's going to work because professorships are so uh-huh. rare um, and people tend to have them late into life. There's not a lot of turnover. So I was like, oh, that's like one of the profs I talked to, for example, he and his wife both graduated from the University of California, San Francisco and she got a job in Wisconsin, and he got a job in Peterborough, Ontario, and they're just trying to make their life work, and I'm like, that doesn't wow. sound like
1: what no, I want. No, I bet you most people don't even know so, that, like, when you, for those who are thinking, becoming a professor, they're just thinking, oh, okay, there's a job opening, you're just gonna go, but who's to say, you, you gotta go where the job is, and, uh, if yeah. that's what you
0: want to do, yeah, yeah, um, so then, just, you know, rethinking what I would like to do. I, I, I had, uh, I got involved in a physiotherapy, uh, study at Queens at an ankle injury and just pure luck while I was in the emergency room, someone overheard me say it was for an ankle. He's like, I'm from the Queens school of uh, physical therapy and we're doing a study on ankle, uh, rehabilitation. Would you like to be a part of it? So I got a bunch of free (laughs) physiotherapy. It actually worked really well. Um, and that got me thinking like, man, I like helping people heal. I'm interested in the body and all that. So I looked into physical therapy and then as as life goes i applied I, I didn't get in the first time so i took a year off to go travel uh, so that's something i love to do um and then i reapplied and while i was waiting for that now we get to cannabis <laughs> um i got offered <laughs> uh an opportunity to help start uh, medicine wheel natural healing which is uh, an indigenous dispensary in Alderville first nation um i'm not indigenous but a friend of mine that i've known since high school uh was opening it and he he asked me if i'd be interested in helping him open this and i was like it's a risk, because this was pre-legalization, and I'm not native, so I was like, yeah, <laughs> um, I, I support it, but sure, whatever. Can you pay we'll me cash, at
1: least, so just to make um, sure.
0: Yeah, <laughs> just keep this quiet. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so, you know, we, yeah, uh, I started that, and, and it was a very um, medicinally-focused Uh, shop. So um, we'd had an intake protocol that we developed where we'd ask people like the reasons that they're seeking cannabis so we could help them find the right products. And just the feedback we got from people on how much having access to cannabis and the various products that can be made from the plant has drastically, excuse me, improved their lives, Um, health function, all of that. um, That when I finally, I was on a waiting list uh, for Queen's Physical Therapy and when they reached out that I had a position I was like you know what I'm I'm already working in a field where I'm helping people feel better and improve their lives why would I stop this step away go further into debt you know for two years in the program and then try to restart where I am now it's like I might as well just stick with this it seems to be doing well and yeah that's that's how wow. I got into and it
1: <laughs> and it's interesting how you talked about that too right so it's, it's a very interesting journey that you you, you know it's almost like a weird path of how you're going to get to where you're going to go. Right. It's it's as as much as parents would want their kids to have a very straight, you know, area to do it. Sometimes they got to go through a little bit of a, a zigzag to get to where they need to go. And uh
0: hundred you know? percent. Yeah. I, I think about that a lot, actually. Like I think, you know, had I just finished high school and then uh, really pushed for teaching and, and done that, I'd be, I'd be well set in a, in a good career with a good pension and have my summers off, like lots of benefits. But all the life experience and all the things I've done, the people I've met and all that stuff would be totally different. I'm not saying better or worse, but um, you know, given that I, I like where I'm at and I like the how my life is right now, um, I wouldn't trade any of the different deviations and paths that I took
1: You're to not get here. totally I can totally echo that statement too. Cause I mean, I used to work in the corporate sector before and i really enjoyed you know kinesiology exercise nutrition and there was a time in my life where i said you know what you know the the corporate sector is burning me out you know i'm like okay let me just go into Mm -hmm. fitness and uh my now wife mrs k who's also a physiotherapist by the way uh but the funny thing is is like she's like you know what you should go for it i said why well look at that time we were just renting a cottage sorry uh, a condo we don't have kids we don't have a house let's do it and if you really succeed at it great you're doing what you love or two if you don't really like it at least you can always go back to the corporate side because you have because i had the degree and all that sort of stuff at the university so i had flexibility in that way and you know what it taught me even though mm-hmm. those personal training years that i worked in at various gyms i met so many people had so much fun doing it you know that i wouldn't trade in anything for those years of, of doing it yeah. and you know what also solidified it too brent is that I knew back, I knew then my wife, Mrs. K did not marry me for the money because I did not have to make any money. <laughs> and it must've been, must been love. That's the only way I can see it. <laughs> you know? It's good to have that test.
0: So, you exactly, know, for sure. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah.
1: Back to Lush. So tell the listeners, what do you guys produce and sell?
0: So, um, yeah, Lush Cannabis, uh, we, we don't, produce any cannabis products ourselves although uh actually we just launched our own brand of flour um so if i could just a little bit on on uh how the regulations work the government has uh tried very hard to, to separate cultivation or production and and retail so there's limits in if you have a cultivation facility there's limits in the percentage of ownership you can have in a retail store and vice versa um they're just they just it was an attempt to not have like single stream like these guys make it they sell it and and there's no room for anybody to get into the industry that was their intent um so we we wouldn't be able to um have a cultivation or a production license and make our own flower however we can contract with other producers to grow flower for us and you can be as involved in that as 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 your knowledge allows you. Um, so uh, one of the people we work with is, is very, very knowledgeable as a cultivator. Um, so he's worked with the facility to kind of get the, the specific strain that we would like, and then eventually some more. Um, so yeah, uh, we just launched that last week and we sold out um, by the weekend. So Congratulations. We got more coming, So that's a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and it, it's good. Cause like we do have a background in, we've all been involved in cannabis, like I said, for a, for a long time. And we have, a love and appreciation for the for the plant um so having good quality products that we can put our name on is is it feels good um yeah um and then aside from that uh then the retail store itself we carry you know all the range of products from uh topicals uh edibles vapes concentrates like shatter and hash and, and oil uh flower dried flower pre-rolls a clothing line i <laughs>
1: You got the hat though.
0: Uh we got the got the hat. Yeah. Um yeah, so we got that we have some sun- angle of things that we like the I don't know, full spectrum branding I guess you could call it. Um we want when we when it came to the clothing like we all wanted stuff that we want to wear. Like some shops just like get a scream. No, like we got nicely embroidered things. They have a little stash pocket where you can put a joint or a lighter. That to kind of expand out the the range of things that we can offer to the customer. um Clothing are higher than they are on cannabis.
1: Good, so no, good, so 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 talk to some of the listeners <laughs> yeah. like I, like I said. So myself and Mrs K, we've never tried any cannabis of any kind. So what is your typical okay. client? Because I think some people when they think cannabis, they're like oh, we're gonna get only a bunch of hippies coming in and blah blah blah. But I don't think that's the case. I think it's just anybody. Who wants it? Yeah, it's like almost like if you can if you can compare it to like alcohol. There's not your stereotypical person who goes to the beer store, or the LCBO. It's like anybody. Oh, no. it's the same it's thing it's, with cannabis, right? It's
0: anybody. Yeah, very much so. It's it's funny. Uh, like June of 2017. Um, that was it. Like trying to think of like what will our clientele look like? Stoners in their <laughs> 20s <laughs> coming in um, and immediately middle age and higher like in their 50s um either they had like smoked for a long time and they were just happy cannabis can help with this or that and and we just got the full range and that's continued on now i don't have a really detailed demographic information but just from like an eye test our average age of the the customers we have would be probably mid to late 40s um and, you know, it goes down to, you know, people who just turned 19 all the way up to people in their 70s or 80s. But it's definitely not the what you might expect when you think of cannabis, like a bunch of long-haired hippies looking to get high. Like those um, guys
1: from that 70s yeah. show. You know, that, that uh, like Leo yes, from that exactly. 70s yeah. show. The typical. <laughs> that's what some people think. I'm like, no, I think anyone can use it. And like you said, so the people who come to you, so you said some are looking just to smoke or maybe just to buy some. But some people go there for like health ailments. Because I think people seem to need to get that stigma out that cannabis is only for just getting high right it's actually that 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 Mm -hmm. can you can pursue that if you want but there's some health benefits to it as well
0: absolutely and it's i find it uh funny slash interesting um so at medicine wheel we're very medicinally focused now the way that the framework is from health canada because there's still the medical stream in canada where you can go to your doctor and get a license and buy from those producers so we're explicitly recreational um and I was like, okay, well, I'm, if somebody needs help with sleep, I'm still going to direct them to a product that'll do that. And I, I do find it funny that we're, on paper, under the regulations, explicitly recreational, yet we sell, like, CBD cream that you would put on your hands. I don't think anyone's using CBD cream recreationally. <laughs> so obviously, there's there's a medical end to what we do. Now, we're not prescribing things for, you know, cancer treatments or whatever. Obviously, that's that should go through the, the medical realm. But just with the products that are available... On the market, there's things that can help with sleep, with anxiety, with uh, pain, inflammation, um, skin problems, all kinds of things like that, uh, that, that don't have to involve getting high. Like there's there's topicals and oils and edibles and things that um, are a range of new, not new cannabinoids, but cannabinoids that are new to the market um, are being explored that have these great effects that are non-psychoactive, you know, something like... Um, We've heard of CBD and THC and 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 how they affect you. So THC uh, is the part that gets you high. Um... If that's what you're looking for, then look for some THC in there. But um, it also, you know, it's a, it's a pain reliever. Um, it has some other benefits as well. CBD is great for uh, reducing stress and anxiety. I find if I take CBD before bed, I have a really restful sleep. Um, and then things like CBN is similar to CBD, but it's more sedative. So it's more likely to make you drowsy. So there's products that are just CBD and CBN. So you won't get high, but it'll help you help you fall asleep. Uh, And then on the other side, there's other things like CBG, which uh, just a bit of plant, how the plant develops here. So as the plant's growing, the, the first thing it produces is CBG, and that differentiates into CBD, THC, CBC, all of the different cannabinoids. And then at the end of that cycle, all of those things will degrade into CBN. So if you have really old weed that's just been sitting out for a long time, probably a lot of the other cannabinoids have changed into cbn so it's going to make you more sleepy than if that weed was really fresh um so harvesting the plant early and getting the cbg it has like a mood boosting uplifting effect um so yeah there's all these different things that that uh, we're seeing more and more of we're seeing them in different combinations that produce different effects that people may seek and and uh I think we're only scratching the beginning of of where wow, this goes. Pretty go. good to know.
1: And so, so you said you have two locations right now. How big is your current workforce right now?
0: Currently, we employ—I'd uh, have to count here. So
1: he's literally counting with his fingers, folks. So he, you can tell it's a lot of people.
0: <laughs> yeah, we have twelve, twelve people right now, um, which is pretty good. When we opened, it was. Uh, yeah. Myself and uh, and two others. Um, and we just worked there between the three of us. There was two of us there at all times for the first month and a half. Didn't pay ourselves. Um, so we <laughs> didn't have the money coming in. So we just, you know, labor love there. And then we were able to hire a couple of people and uh, just kind of grown from there to the point where, yeah, now we, you know, of, of those 12 people, eight are full time. So um, we look at that as like, these are people that are, like choosing to dedicate themselves and a significant portion of their lives to helping us and our business. And in exchange, like we have some, um, we owe them for that. So it's, it's a very reciprocal uh, uh, relationship that we have with the people that, that work with us. We, we definitely see it as as a team kind of environment. And like, you know, we, we have to make sure that we're paying you fairly so that you can, you know, uh, put food on the table. You might have kids, mm-hmm. might have whatever. So um, yeah, we, we really strive to i've worked in retail as a part-time job since high school and it's a terrible industry to work in um you get abused by customers it's very draining and you're paid minimum wage basically that's it um you're, you're just disposable things and and opening a retail store the only way that i would be interested in doing that is to not have it be that way uh,
1: make it different way. than than what the standard model is too because i remember i used to work at old navy exactly. back when i was younger too my early 20s and uh, I, was, I was asking for a race and i didn't know any better it was like early 20s so like i think i was getting paid eight dollars and 10 cents an hour and they're saying can yeah. here, hear we'll, well thank you for your performance we'll bump you to 820
0: <laughs> like, all right thanks that's
1: four, four bucks, bucks a week, a week. <laughs> <I was>
0: like, <laughs> Sure.
1: Right. You, you don't know these things until you really start experiencing the grind. Sometimes I always tell people, like, I think almost everybody in the world, when they're growing up, they should either one have to work in a retail store or some type of customer service mm-hmm. help center, even for just 100%. three months.
0: I think, I and then, think then. Yeah. That should be a rite of passage. You should work in, in retail, work in a restaurant, restaurant work somewhere where you're interacting with in the public. And that will teach you what people are like. And it, it should help you be a better customer
1: for yeah. and even when and you run, run your own business better. or anything you know how to treat people better mm-hmm. right just because I think people forget a simple please and thank you goes a long way you know that way
0: totally yeah just just yeah. respect like general respect you know like yeah yeah I've, I've worked for people and I've, I've seen people that like they have a very hierarchical top-down kind of view like well I employ you so you're gonna do what I say or I'm not gonna employ you and like okay but that's also a human being that you know is a full person that you can maybe interact with them on that level instead of just that's this, this yeah. very finding that
1: balance right uh, between you know you're still yeah. the boss but also at the same time you could still joke with them and hang out with them and help invite them over to the house for a barbecue or something if you still want to if you're if you're, if you're that close totally. right you want to have that type of relationship where it's and, friendly
0: exactly and, and you know yeah and and yeah to to have that engagement and like listen to their ideas like I know things and I have ideas of how things should work, but like I've also got staff that work there all day long. And if they have an idea, I'm going to listen to it because they're the ones there all the time. And you know, it, you're, you're missing out on so much by not collaborating with the people that are invested in your Absolutely. business.
1: You. Absolutely. So, so next question here. So where do you guys see yourself in the next few years? Is the goal to open more locations? Is it uh, doing anything else?
0: Yeah. Um, both. So, yeah, the goal is to open some more some more locations. Um, like, we just opened our second one. And, you know, we learned a lot through opening the first one, that opening the second one was a little more seamless. Like, for the first one, we, we had hired consultants to help us with the licensing process. And that was very, it was necessary. There's no way we could have done it without them. Um, and then... For the licensing, sorry to deviate for a bit. So there's, there's three things that you need to open a cannabis store. You need a retail operations license, which is a really in-depth security and background check on, on whoever the, the, the stakeholders are. Um, and that basically gives you a license that says you can open a store uh, or have stores. Then you apply for a retail store authorization, which is for a specific location. That's when they check the, the security of the building, your cameras, the layout, how it's all going to operate. And then you need a retail manager's license, which is just like now you can run the store. That one I think is just a cash grab, kind of ridiculous. But um, um, we very much needed consultants for the operations license. But having gone through like the store authorization this time, we didn't need save us the ten grand in in consulting fees, and and we just did it. And we knew kind of how that goes. So this one, first one was difficult. Next one was you know difficult, but a little easier. And then it should get a little bit easier from there. Um, it's hard though because the the industry is so saturated. There are so many like we're in Peterborough and uh, Peter Examiner did an article on uh, the new store. They did one when we opened in in Milbrook and then called the follow up and, and did an article on that. And I didn't even know until I read the article. That there's we were the 17th store to open in Peterborough, which is a city of like less than 100,000 people. Um, so it's it's really saturated um so our plan to open more stores we're really going to have to be very selective in the geographic regions that we that we approach because it just doesn't make sense to to get into like a, a whirlpool of of people racing to the bottom um you know, it's,
1: yeah it's and i think <laughs> we're going to definitely touch that on the tips of the pro segment here but especially for those who want to get into your space as well in the future right so hey you do you need a voiceover well look no farther northway capital group has your answer commercials and explainer videos AVR and voicemail health and wellness corporate training and e-learning, announcements, documentaries, and biography. Contact us on social media or email us at northwaycapitalgroup at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to the SME Stories podcast, which is owned by Northway Capital Group. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Northway Capital Group.